we go. New Hope Radio. Good to have you come along today. Oh, we got a good one for you today. We're in a series entitled Because of Christ. And we're looking at some of the wonderful things that we have because of Christ. So far we've seen because of Christ I have hope. I have forgiveness. I have peace in the storm. I like that one. I have grace. Remember last time we talked about grace? Grace is the basis of my salvation. Why am I saved? Because of God's grace. I can now live in this grace, right? It's in this grace in which we stand. What does grace do? It gives us stability in our life. Without grace, we have no stability. We also noted that we are declared just by the grace of God. I have a new frame of reference, grace. Grace gives me a purpose in life because through grace, the Holy Spirit dispersed to all of us spiritual gifts. I like that too. What do those gifts do? <laughs> they give us purpose. They give us meaning. They give us something to do. We bless the common good. We glorify God. And we earn rewards in heaven. That sounds good to me. And of course, living in grace creates in us a spirit of generosity. Freely you receive, freely we give, right? That's how that works. And then we ended with this, number seven. Who can have this grace? Here's the good part. All who love Jesus. Loving Jesus with no strings attached. Not loving him because you won the lottery or things are going your way. Loving him for who he is and what he did. You can have this grace. Now, today we're going to see that because of Christ, I can have something else. I can have love. Oh, we need that, don't we? You know what the world doesn't need? Doesn't need another mountain. <laughs> There's mountains and hilltops enough to climb. But we need love, that's for sure. And like everything else in life, love has an origin, right? It has a beginning. Everything has an origin, right? You have an origin. I have an origin. Your watch has an origin. I'm wearing one right now. See? That has an origin. Your shoes have an origin. I'm actually not wearing shoes. I took them off. <laughs> I always take them off for radio. Uh, creation has an origin. And therefore, love has an origin. And the Bible tells us the origin of love. First John 4.10 Here's what John said. And this is love. Not that we loved God. Oh, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So think about it. Herein is love. Love begins with God. That's where it begins. That's what John said. It's not that we loved him. He loved us. The origin of love is God. Beloved, verse 7, let us love one another, for love is from God. John nailed it. Where does love come from? God, 
And what do we do with it when we receive it? We give it to others. So love is reciprocal. It goes back and forth. You ever see a reciprocal saw? A reciprocal saw, they call it a sawzall. A sawzall is a saw with a long skinny blade, kind of like a swordfish blade. And it goes forward and back, forward and back, and it, it cuts places that are hard to get at with a circular saw. They call it a reciprocal saw. It goes forward and backward, in and out, both ways. That's what love does for us. It goes out, it comes in. It goes out, it comes in. Now, could you call this love if one of those is missing? If it doesn't come in, can you call it love? But if it doesn't go out, can you call it love? I don't know. So, because of Christ, I have love, and also I can give love. See, you can't give what you don't have, but you can give what you do have. And if I have love from Christ, I can give love from Christ, which means I can give Christ's love. Huh, think about it. Every time the word love is used in these passages, it's the word agape. And we saw that word last time. Agape is a no-matter-what kind of love. No-strings-attached kind of love. Unconditional love, right? So, God so loved the world, God, no matter what, we did love the world. No matter what we were into, He loved the world. Okay? So, now we could read 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 like this. In this is love, no matter what. That we loved God, no matter what. But that He, no matter what, loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, every time love is mentioned is unconditional. There's no, there's no strings attached. And this is unconditional love. We love God unconditionally. He loves us unconditionally. And he sent his son to die for us, to propitiate our sins, which means what? To satisfy God, to pay our debt. Oh, we paid a debt that we couldn't pay. That's good. Now, here is where love is reciprocal. Remember what I said? It goes out, it comes in. It comes in from God and it goes out to people. The earlier verse, verse 7, Beloved, these are Christians. Only Christians can really do it right. Beloved. Let us love one another. Let us love one another unconditionally. Or no matter, no matter what. Why? For unconditional love is from God. Right? You can only love unconditionally when you get unconditional love, and that comes from God. Someone says, I don't want all that love stuff. I just want to be saved and go to heaven. Let me live my life, and I'll let you live yours, and I don't want to love anybody. Well, Let's go back to verse 7. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves, ooh, is born of God, and knows God. Oh. So you know what? If you don't give this kind of love, you're not born of God, and you don't know God. You're just a spiritual dummy. You don't know him. You might think you do, but you don't. Oh, there's millions of people that think they know God. They don't. They don't at all. So on contrary, verse 8, the one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. 
Think about it. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now, how many people are serving God today, and yet they lack love for the brethren? They lack love for their neighbor? They lack love for the stranger? It's going on in our country big time, isn't it? Lack of love. Very sobering. If I'm not loving, I'm not really serving God. Think of your place in your church. Hopefully you all go to church. Hope you do. But think of all the things you do. If I'm not loving, though, I'm not really serving. If I'm not loving, I'm not really teaching. If I'm not loving, I'm not really praising. You see, if I'm not loving, I'm not really a missionary God is pleased with. Why? Because love it was what makes it all real. It's what makes it godly. You want your service to be godly? Then it's got to have love, unconditional love, mingled in with it. I can preach the Word of God from the pulpit, but if I'm not loving, I'm not serving. I'm just talking. So it seems to me there's a priority here. There's something more important to God than our doing. And you know what that is? Our loving. Loving is more important than doing. So every once in a while we take what I call a self-check. Let's take one. Is there someone now in your life that you are not loving? Note it and fix it. That's all. You don't love them in it with a phileo love, a friendship love. That's okay. But you can love them with an agape love. You can love them with the same kind of love that God loved the world with when the world was unregenerate and depraved and he still sent his son. And that kind of agape love, it just means you want good to happen to them. That's all. You don't have to go out for coffee with them. You don't have to visit them. You don't have to go out for lunch. But you just want good to happen to them. That's all. And there are two reasons we do this. Number one, it makes your servant's service to God acceptable. And number two, it will demonstrate that you are truly saved. Oh, truly saved. By loving people with unconditional love. Yeah, loving what I call, I call it loving the unlovely. There's a lot of unlovely people in the world, right? They're harsh, they're cruel, they're critical, they're judgmental. Christians can be pharisaical. They're not lovely, but you can still love them with unconditional love. In verse 11, God tells us, you better do it. He said, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another, right? God loved us unconditionally. We ought to love one another the very same way. And now that we understand because of Christ, I can have love or I can love, I wonder what this love looks like. Oh, what do you think? What do you think this love looks like in our life when we're really loving or using it the way we should? Hmm. Well, you know what? We've got a picture of it, 1 Corinthians 13. We're just going to look at the first three verses. And it tells us that all the good that we do outside of no matter what love or outside of unconditional love, you know what it does? 
It only draws attention to ourselves, but it doesn't draw attention to God. I'm like, wait a minute. What we do is supposed to draw attention to God. Not us, to Him. It's to glorify God. But if you do it without love, well, what does Paul say? <laughs> he says, well, we're a, a, a clanging gong. Uh, a clanging gong. And a, no, a, a banging gong, a clanging cymbal. What does that do? It just draws attention. That's all it does. It draws attention. So let's take a look. First Corinthians 13. I'm just going to start in verse 4. Here's a picture of love. Here's what this love looks like. And you've heard these scriptures before, but let's have a fresh approach to them, okay? Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. Now, most of these descriptions of love have to do with our daily interactions with others. And few have to do with self. Okay? So when Paul said love is patient, it means long-suffering, to bear up under. Okay? Patience is like a snowblower. It's good to have it, but you hate to use it. (laughs) Right? You got a snowblower? Glad to have it. Don't like using it. Patience is like that. Good to have it. Don't like to use it. Love is kind. The word kind means to be useful, to act benevolently. That's a beautiful Christian virtue. I heard a comment regarding, remember a few years ago, a couple I think it was, Barbara Bush passed away. And um, she made a comment before she died. And she said, I hope I was as kind as I could have been. And that really stuck with me. Because I think of that. And I, you know, sometimes I look at my life and I'm not kind. Sometimes I'm a little impulsive. I can be judgmental. I can be pharisaical. I've been there. I can do those things. I can have a bad attitude. But maybe I hope when I get to the end of my life, I can say, I hope I was as kind as I could have been. You know, I hope I was, I wasn't, I can be kinder as time goes on. You know, as you get older, hopefully get wiser. And along with wisdom comes kindness. That's what we all hope. This love, it's not jealous. That means it does not desire what others have. Because you do not look at what others have. There's the key. There's the key to not being jealous. Don't look at what they have. (laughs) That's all. Don't be occupied with somebody else's stuff. And you won't want it. But if, you, if you're a Mrs. Kravitz, and you're always peeking through the window, and it's like, oh, look what they have. I want that too. Well, that's not love. Love does not brag, and it's not arrogant. Love doesn't talk about or inflate oneself. You know, a lot of people, when, when, you, when, you, when you do this, it's not love. You know, you make more of yourself than someone else. Reminds me of the the frog and the two geese. They were best friends. You ever hear about them? Oh, they did everything together. The bullfrog, the geese, they went in the pond. They went in the marsh. They frolicked around. They just enjoyed one another's company and doing things. And our winter was coming. And it was time to fly south for the winter. 
as a problem. The geese said, oh man, we can fly, but Froggy, what are you going to do? You can't hop all the way to, to south for the winter. So they're thinking about it. They're mulling it over. And the frog said, I have an idea. Let's get this stick. And you each put an end of the stick in your mouth. I'll grab onto the middle of the stick with my mouth. You guys take off. You stop flying. I'll hang on with my mouth and we'll get to Florida. They're like, "Uh, that'll work. Okay. So they get the stick. They each put an end in their mouth. A froggy grabs on the middle of the stick with his mouth. Off they go. And they're in a headwind and they're going, they're making good time. And they're flying low over a farm. And the farmer's out in the field and he looks up and he says, well, would you look at that? I wonder who thought of that. And the frog yelled out, I did. (laughs) I think you know the rest of the story. But see, love doesn't act arrogantly. It doesn't inflate itself. That froggy, he inflated himself and then he deflated himself. (laughs) Inflation leads to deflation. Write that one down. (laughs) Inflation leads to deflation. Okay, that's your deep theological truth for today. All right. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians 13. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. Again, we're talking about the same kind of love that God loves us with. Oh. See, we're we're loving each other with the same love that God loves us with. So love does not act unbecomingly. That means unseemly. It has good behavior. It is decent. See, it knows how to size up the situation and act accordingly. That's real love. Unconditional love. Size up the situation and act accordingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not, you know, it's not just concerned about self. Right? It's not just concerned about self. As a church member, that could be any of us, couldn't it? Yes, we can fall into the trap of being concerned about us, our opinion, our viewpoint, the way we think it's supposed to be. And we make that the norm, and we we forget, wait a minute, there's other ideas out there, there's other opinions, there's other examples. It's not just our way or our perspective especially if our perspective isn't the most accurate perspective. So we have to be careful of that, right? Even Paul said, you know, listen, don't just be concerned with your own interests, but be concerned with the interests of others. And you gotta, you got to know the others in order to be concerned with their interests as well. So here's another self-check. Do I seek my own good or the good of others? Do I seek my own good? Or the good of others. You know, the Pharisees in the days of Jesus, they sought their own good. It was all about them. Oh, you know, how they looked, their way. And they, 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 in Pharisee, the word means separated one. And everybody else was the common people. Or they were called the people of the land. And they weren't concerned with the people of the land. They were concerned with themselves. And that's why Jesus said, he called them hypocrites. 
He said, look at them. Fancy robes. They pray in street corners. They want everybody to see how spiritual they are. But they don't care about people. They only care about themselves. They don't care about what others are going through. They don't lift the burdens of others. So Jesus said, be careful. Be careful. So, if so, like, how do I seek the good of others? What does that mean? To seek the good of others. You know what it means? Come alongside someone. Come alongside and find out what's going on. Can I help you? You know, when, when, when we look at someone, we can make two choices. One of two. We can judge them or we can help them. You can judge somebody for who they are or you can come alongside and try to help them. And we all have to make that choice. Unconditional love, it's not provoked. It's not easily exasperated. You know, I, I failed that one recently. I did. I failed the unconditional love is not provoked. Here's what happened. I was in the post office. I was just going to mail a letter. You know, you walk in, you drop it on the counter. Here's my money. I'm gone. So I get to the post office and the line in front of me, you might think people were going to the Super Bowl. All these people in front of me. And I look in back of me and the line is growing. It's getting longer and longer. And there's one guy working at the counter. And this guy, he's a chatterbox. Oh yeah. Every time I go there, he's always got something to say to everybody. Everybody. It's like there's nobody else in the post office but him and the person at the counter. That's it. So another guy, so you get this long line in front of me, a long line in back of me, right? A guy comes out from the back. I said, oh, great. Help is on the way. He looks at the line. He goes back to the back of the post office. And I'm standing there and I'm, and you guessed it, I'm exasperated. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? He sees all these people. He takes one look and he goes back in the back. And I'm thinking to myself, doesn't anybody see the line forming here? Doesn't anybody care? <laughs> I, so I, I came up with a great plan. I said, I know what I'm going to do. When it's my turn to come to the counter, I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to bypass the counter and I'm going to walk out. That'll show them. And then I thought, that's not too smart. I came there to mail a letter. I'm going to stand there all that time and not mail a letter. That's dumb. So, and then I'm thinking, if I can't pass the post office test, how will I pass the real test where people, you know, you can fill in the blank, <laughs> right? That was an easy one. I didn't do too good with that one. Imagine when the real ones come along. So there's always self-checks we have to do. God's love, unconditional love, doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. That means it doesn't keep score. You know, how many of you have a whiteboard in your kitchen and you have all these categories? When they were late, when they didn't cook dinner, when they didn't do the dishes and all these things. And you check, you have a, you, you, you check off all these categories. How many of you have that whiteboard? Probably none of you, but do you have it in your mind? Do you have a good memory remembering the faults of others and keeping track? keeping a record. Well, unconditional love doesn't do that. 
It does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Oh, but it rejoices in the truth. In other words, it doesn't celebrate another person's failure. God's love doesn't enjoy somebody else's failure. Proverbs fourteen seventeen: Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, or the Lord will see it and be displeased and turn his anger away from him. Hmm. So love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is God's love toward us, and he would love to see that love going toward one another. And by the way, when we live that way, God gives us a manufacturer's guarantee. Remember that? Manufacturer's guarantee. And you know what the guarantee is? Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails. And you know what the word fails means in the original Greek language? It's used of an actor that's hissed off the stage. When the actor's a lousy actor and the people hiss him, that's what it means to fail. And you don't want to be hissed off the stage of life. And you won't be. When you live in love, you'll never be hissed off the stage of life. So what are we saying today? Because of Christ, I can love. I can receive love. I can give love. And when I do that, it's evidence that I'm truly saved. It will make acceptable my service to God. My love is more than human, much more than human. My love is divine because it comes from God. And he loved me with that love. And he says, now, as I loved you, you ought to love one another. That's it. And how many times did Jesus give an example to the disciples and said, see what I've done to you? Now go and do it for each other. And this is something that's really great to imitate. You know why? Because everybody wins. Isn't that true? When you live in God's love, everybody wins. The one giving, the one receiving. We all win with the love of God. Have you joined the whole club yet? Come on, what are you waiting for? Get a daily devotional Monday through Friday, set to music, about six minutes long. Get you started off on the right foot. Go to newhopecc.tv, click giving, then click e-giving. Choose the fund radio. Cough up three bucks a week. Can you do that? Uh, uh, three bucks a week. Fill out the form, hit submit. You send us your money, we'll send you the email every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's an honor system. We don't check. We're going to trust you to do the right thing. So thank you for coming along, and I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.